evening, everybody. Thanks for coming out tonight. We're looking forward to having a great service this evening. It's a special service if you're new to our church. We Several times a year, we set aside an evening to have the Lord's Supper. And we'll have some extra time for some extra music tonight. We'll get in the Word of God a little bit later. Um, but I want to encourage you to make sure you have access to a hymn book this evening because we do want to sing some extra music. Uh, the first few songs are going to be on the screen, but after that, uh, we're open to receive some testimonies tonight. So if God's been working in your life or if you've got something you just want to give thanks for this evening, we'd love for you to share that with us. And uh, that'll be a part of the service. And then if you have a song, a hymn or a song that you love and that speaks to your heart and you'd like us to sing it tonight, we will do that. You can pick and just let us know what it is. So you've got a minute or two to think about that and think about what you're thankful for or what your word of testimony might be. But we're looking forward to this gathering tonight. Let's ask God's blessing as we get underway. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you so much that uh, we can come apart as your church tonight. Lord, we, we just join in the, the lineage of the saints who've gone before. We, we look back and realize that for thousands of years, Christians have gathered and they've received the Lord's Supper. Lord, we've remembered your death on the cross for us and your resurrection and your soon return. And so God, I pray that tonight we would be joyful as we give thanks and praise and sing. Lord, I pray that we would uh, seriously consider who you are and what you've done for us. I just pray that tonight's service would be meaningful, that it would most importantly bring honor and glory to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. That song that we just sang, we sang at my, my father-in-law's funeral a couple of months ago. And it's that last, that verse in there, there's a couple of verses that really stand out in that song to me. But that phrase, God is good, God is good. And then that last verse about the resurrection and our hope is in eternity. Just uh, I'm thankful that for that song, but more thankful for that truth, the hope we have in Christ. I wanted, um, I'm looking forward to Aaron and Kristen sharing a little bit with us tonight about uh, how God worked in their life this uh, last couple of weeks. And so I'll let you guys uh, go ahead. I, Kristen, you wanted to go first? Okay. <laughs> I'll try not to pray. Um, so, first of all, Aaron and I are so incredibly thankful for our church family and the prayer. Thank you. 
very and even in those moments, sometimes it didn't, it didn't feel like God was there. But when I came out of it, um, God was so much there. And, um, and yeah, God's just so good. I have a passage that I, I like to share. Because um, I think that God is so much better than, than I do. And, um, over time, I would like to share for people if you want to ask me something. I had it um, yesterday. A friend asked me the women's conference friend from um, Barry, and I just started telling her, and all of a sudden, I was just like crying and crying. But but I just love to tell people about what God did. Um, but it's a little more small. <laughs> but um, Lamentations three nineteen. Through 25 says, Remembering my affliction and your misery, the wormwood and the gall, my soul hath them still in remembrance, and is humble in me. This I would call to mind, therefore I have hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning, great is their faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, save my soul, therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. Here's that passage. <laughs> um, and and it really is my story. And uh, while I was in the hospital, God brought a song to my heart called The Goodness of God, which also very much um, just felt like the song spoke, spoke exactly what I was feeling and going through. And I'm going to have a song for us So my experience is a little bit different. I, um, January, so for those of you who don't know, on January 22nd, Kristen uh, gave birth to our beautiful daughter, Alina, and things started to take a slow turn, what we thought was a slow turn. And uh, I was actually talking to Ethan Monday night, we were tagged that night, so that was Saturday, so Sunday, then that Monday night. Uh, I was texting Ethan back and forth, and he's like, man, from the outside, it looked like things were just kind of slowly unraveling, but what was actually happening, it was a life and death scenario. Um, so, without going into the whole story again, and without um, taking too much time, uh, it was Saturday afternoon was, was the hardest day that I've had on this life for a very real, for a very like a decent period of time, I thought that I was going to lose my wife. At one point, they asked me if I, if there was clergy that I would like to come and be with me. Um, so that did not bode well, at least in my opinion. Um, but it was in that time that it, even before my dad was on his way in uh, to be with me, and uh, I know that people were praying. But um, <clears throat> the Bible tells us that the Spirit also um, helps with our infirmities. Um, and I'm paraphrasing now because I don't remember the exact how it goes, but um, for the Spirit, uh, the Spirit speaketh, uh, when, um, in the paraphrase, when we don't know what to pray, um, the Spirit helps us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And of course, I've butchered that passage, but um, I didn't know at one point, actually, all, mostly through Saturday, I didn't know what to pray. Um, I wasn't scared for Kristen you know, facing death, 
I knew she knew for sure where she was going and she has a very sincere, very strong faith in the Lord. Um, but the fears were more selfishly for me and for my family. And, um, I didn't even know what to pray. And, uh, I just remembered the whole, the room was empty. It was me and the baby and I'm, I'm holding a several hour old baby and I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, and I'm weeping, holding the baby and, my heart was communicating with God, but I had no clue what I was saying. Um, and the song that came to my mind when I was praying was, His Mercy is More. Um, God has used that song uh, over the past couple of years in my life anyway. And that song kept coming up, you know, praise the Lord, His mercy is more. Um, God's mercy is more. And, and God's mercy, God was merciful to us on Saturday. Um, Deborah went to work Monday night and she was texting me as well. Uh, and her boss said that the only way that it could be described was being miraculous. Um, my cousin's girlfriend actually works at the hospital that we were at as well. And she works in labor and delivery. And she sent me a, a screenshot from a text chain between her and her coworkers. And one of them commented, if you're a Malachuk, you have God on your side, no matter what. And it's not just if you're a Malachuk, but from people coming from the outside, not understanding faith and, and not understanding relationship with God. If God had decided to take my wife, then God would still be on my side. Um, and of course, in that moment, you're not always thinking that, but God would still be good no matter what. And fortunately, God was merciful to us, and God allowed Kristen to be here and to stay. And there's just so much, you know, she, she keeps saying to me, I, I want people to, to understand, it's not how strong I am. People keep saying, oh, you're so strong and you fought so well. But it wasn't her doing it. It was God working through her. And it, I really believe that, you know, every, there are people praying, not just in our church, but all over the world. Um, and the prayers of believers sustained us. And the prayers of believers, I believe, are, you know, are what God used to work a miracle in Kristen's life. Um, we're planning to use, you know, her testimony to bring glory to God. It's the only thing we can do with it. Um, it's amazing because uh, <laughs> among all this, we both tested positive for COVID. So this is now two two weeks ago. People were okay. Um, we tested positive over two weeks ago for COVID, both asymptomatic, and um, we we the next day. So she was life flighted to Albany Med, and um, I wasn't allowed to go see her in the ICU because I tested positive. And so fortunately, with my job. I work in the operating room and we learn to follow the right people and sneak our way into places. And I didn't have to completely do that this time. Um, I would tell you I did, but my dad was with me and he'd be like, you're lying. Um, <laughs> I just walked up and made a phone call, but the nurse gave me a pretty hard time about being there. But I said, this is my wife and I'm, I'm going to be with her. But then they kicked me out. They made me leave. But after I saw her, but the next, the next few days we were stuck in our rooms. We couldn't leave the rooms. Um, and people would come in and they would just be talking about how great Kristen was doing. 
And the whole time, Kristen kept saying, it's not, like, I'm not doing anything. I'm just laying in bed. <laughs> I'm just laying in bed getting other people's blood. Like, I'm not doing anything. It's God that's, that's doing this. So she's already using her testimony. And um, she had mentioned to me this song, um, Goodness of God. And we've, we've sang it here as a special before. Um, but Adam's going to come up. Uh, stand and join us. If you know it, you can sing it. If not, um, it's not a difficult song to learn. I said that this morning as well. I'm just going to continue to say that whenever we introduce the song. <laughs> So we'll sing goodness of God. I do want to just pick up on that. And one thing Aaron said in that it's important for us to realize that, like Aaron said, no matter what the outcome, God is good. And I think people, Aaron talked about people looking in from the outside. And I think it's important as Christ, Christians that, that we maintain that perspective, that sometimes the goodness of God is in the mercy of the situation that he heals. But sometimes the goodness of God is that he walks with you through the tragedy. Because like you, our family, our family this year, we prayed and prayed and prayed for Deborah's dad for a healing. And people all over the world prayed. We saw God answer prayer along the way. We saw him open doors and create opportunities and speak to hearts. But in the end, the Lord took him. But we still, at that funeral, sang that song and we declared, God is good. God is good. And we just, we, we, we don't understand that. And some people w would scoff and they'd say, oh, well, how would God, why does God allow this? Why does God allow that? Listen, I challenge you to find any explanation in this life that really answers those questions. Whether it's religious, philosophical, theological, whatever. Because God doesn't always give us the why. He doesn't always tell us, tell us the why. But he does promise to never leave us or forsake us. He does promise to walk with us through the valley. My dad shared a little bit this morning when on the thread of comments on Aaron and Kristen's Facebook feed. One of our, mission, our former missionaries, Mrs. Stevens... They lost a baby daughter, a baby granddaughter, just a, a newborn this past year. And I, I remember reading her comment and she said, I'm so thankful that God chose to, uh, to allow this outcome in your life. But she also proclaimed that no matter what the outcome, God is good. And he's good all the time. And so I just want to give him thanks for that tonight. And some of you have experienced, I know that some of you have experienced tragedies and difficulties this year. And, um, but the Lord has walked through you, through them, with you, through them. And so I want to, I want to thank him and praise him for that. Somebody else have something tonight or a word of testimony or thanks or a hymn that they'd like to, to sing this evening. Deborah, you want to? Um, that, and I think I said this the last time, but just reiterating that, that I did feel the goodness of God in a, the most difficult time in my life when my like with losing my dad and it was over you know I had to go through that experience over a month of not knowing what was going to happen and ups and downs but I did feel God's presence in my life um, and just his his tender care like that he cared for me personally and showed me in little ways his love that even though I didn't understand the outcome in the end might not understand the outcome um, he wanted to show me ahead of time that he cared through little answers to prayers or just things that he arranged um, during that time. And so I think that's his mercy too. 
Does somebody have a testimony or a song? If not, I'm going to pick a song. So, But I pick a lot of songs around here, so I don't want to jump the gun. Yes, Jim. Sing this one right out of the hymn book tonight. Let's sing Count Your Blessings, and we'll sing a couple of verses, and we'll try to, uh, we'll try to take the next 15 minutes or so and sing as many and receive as many testimonies as we can. So if you've got one, be ready to go. Let's sing 624, Count Your Blessings, Name Them One by One, 624. Anybody else tonight? Yes, Nathan. 849. You got a praise or? Um, so this is her request, but I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll open up a little bit. Uh, I'm Nathan, by the way. I, I fellowship off and on uh, here for two, three years, something like that. And, um, uh, I've been hiding for a long time. Um, and, uh, I've been hiding in the bottle. Uh, sometimes, you know, without getting into an AA type thing or whatever, but sometimes three liters of wine in a, a course of a day or something like that. And uh, I never, I never blame God or anything like that, but I fully realize, and I, I haven't had anything for about two months today, I think, somewhere around. Mm -hmm. and, uh, that I was denying myself the joy that God had to offer. And, you know, it wasn't, I didn't have blame or anything like that. It was, you know, but I was hiding. And um, I'm just real thankful that when I did turn back to God, when I turned, turned back, He was always just right there waiting for me. Um, so I appreciate that. I appreciate a place to come in, in fellowship and to um, I might kind of sit in the corner but I'm not really hiding anymore. <laughs> so, you, know, you know the Bible says in the book of James confess your faults one to another that ye may be healed. And that's we're all, I appreciate sharing that. We know how to pray for you and pray together. And um, amen. And what a great song to go with that 849. Be thou my vision. Be thou my vision. This song goes back to the 8th century. Believers have been singing this. Irish hymn, 849. Somebody else tonight. Anyone else? All right. I have one that I would like to do. It's been a long time since we've sung this. Let me just look up the, it really goes a lot with what we've been talking about tonight. And the song is When We See Christ. And the number is, if you give me just a second, 216, 216 could sing this together and then hopefully after this one somebody else has one that they would like to sing or testimony they'd like to give 216 when we see Christ somebody else tonight Cal go ahead 
I'm just thankful to serve in a church that has a solid group of faithful children and parents. Mm. Serving downstairs or on children's churches, I encourage them every now and then. And going off of that, I'm also thankful to serve a God that has a salvation plan and wants a relationship with everyone. Amen. Praise the Lord. And I'm thankful for all. I'm thankful for everybody like Cal and that serves our kids. And um, we don't, like you said, there are families with, that are, want to raise their kids to honor the Lord. And she's got wonderful people to teach them and train them in the things of God. So praise the Lord. Do you have a song? How great thou art. You had a lot of time to get that number, Cal. <laughs> 801. 801. You got a couple of favorite verses? All of them? All of them, he says. All right. I'll pick my favorites. I, I really like all of them, too. They're all, so we'll sing them all. Let's do it. Actually, I really love verse number two. When through the woods and forest glades I wander. And I think it's just part of living in this region. And um, we live... We, we have been surrounded by some of the most beautiful display of nature these last three days. And um, we were, I was just looking out, and we live out in the woods, and I was looking out and seeing everything, and Anna Joy said to me, oh, yeah, but you should see what it's like when you walk in the woods, she said. And so this song reminds us that those moments are glimpses, just glimpses of the glory of God. He's created us to appreciate beauty and nature. There's a purpose behind it. It's because he is the God of beauty and wonder. Let's sing. Amen. Would you take your song books, go back to 130. We're going to sing this last hymn, and then we're going to prepare for the Lord's Supper tonight. 130, this song brings us to the cross. Everything, every bit of gratitude we've expressed tonight, every praise that's been lifted, every song we've sung, are all because of what was accomplished on the cross of Calvary. That Jesus Christ, God, became a man, took our sins on himself, paid the penalty that we deserve, then rose to give us eternal life. And this song expresses gratitude for the cross of Jesus. Let's sing it together. When I survey... The wondrous cross. <clears throat> Would you take your Bibles tonight and join me in the book of 1 Corinthians, please? 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians 11. All right, I switched them out. I think Maddie had a song he wanted to sing tonight. Is that right? We'll finish with that song. That'll be the last song we do on our way out. First Corinthians chapter 11. This uh, passage is a key passage for understanding what we are about to do. And so I just thought it'd be appropriate tonight for us to take a few minutes and to look at what the scriptures say about the Lord's Supper. Of course, we know that there is the scene in the gospel account of the Jesus and his disciples gathered around and uh, Jesus giving them the, the bread and giving them the wine and saying that the bread was his body, the, the wine represented his blood. 
But now in 1 Corinthians 11, what we have is the Apostle Paul really explaining to the church the meaning of this Lord's Supper and the importance of the Lord's Supper, as well as some important considerations for preparing for the Lord's Supper. So I'd like you to look at verse number 20, 1 Corinthians 11 and verse number 20. When you come together, therefore, into one place. Now, you'll notice as we go through this that the assumption for this partaking of the Lord's Supper is that the church all be gathered together. You'll see that as we go through the passage. The Lord's Supper is not something that is an individual expression of our Christianity. The Lord's Supper is something that is a communal expression of our Christianity. There are two ordinances. The Bible says that Jesus left his disciples here to establish the church, and they were called to first preach the gospel, that salvation was in the name of Jesus. And then there were two physical things that were left for us to, uh, to do, not to receive salvation, but to picture or to typify our salvation. The first of those is baptism. Every believer should be baptized in water. Once we come to know Jesus as our Savior, the first step of obedience is to follow the Lord and to go into the water. And our, our going down under the water pictures the burial of Jesus. And our coming up out of the water pictures the resurrection of Jesus. And of course, there's no sin washed away. That's, the Bible doesn't teach that. But what happens is we make a statement of identification that says, I belong to Jesus. And some of you may need to make that step. That's really the first step in your Christianity is to be baptized. And whether you're a teenager in here or whether you're an adult in here, it's, it may be time for you to take that step. If you're saved, it is time to take that step. So I'd encourage you to speak with me or uh, another pastor of our pastors and say, hey, I'd like to be baptized and follow Christ. So Jesus left us to, first of all, baptize. But secondly, in the eating of the unleavened bread and the drinking of the grape juice, we represent the body and blood of Jesus. And these are things that are not, not, they're not practiced in, practiced in isolation. They're practiced in the gathered body of believers. So, but there was a problem in Corinth. As they gathered, they thought, they were, they thought that they were receiving the Lord's Supper, but they weren't. You see, he says in verse 20, when you come therefore together in one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. In other words, what he's saying here is what you're doing and they were calling it the Lord's Supper. But he said, that what you're doing is not the Lord's Supper. Verse 21, because in eating, everyone taketh before his own supper, and one is hungry and another is drunken. They were very confused in this church. They, they said, oh, we're feasting. This is the, 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 this is, we're remembering the Lord in our feast. And he says, that is not the Lord's Supper. They were having, I mean, they would bring their food to the gathering. And what an embarrassment. Believe it or not, sometimes Christians do things that are embarrassments to the gospel. And this church did. They gathered and the one person was like, oh, I've got all this food. And they literally were, were keeping it to themselves. And other people were poor in the church. They didn't have enough. And by the end of this, Paul is going to say, listen, we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper. You're eating and drinking. Just do that in your own house. Because they didn't understand. But he takes the opportunity now not just to correct them, 
And that, he could do that. He could say, hey, what's wrong with you? Get, this, get your act together. Get this right. But he, he takes the time to unpack the true meaning of the Lord's Supper. So look what he says. He says in verse number 22, what? Have ye not houses to eat and to drink in? Or despise ye the church of God? And shame them that have not. What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. Now in verse 23. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. That the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it. And said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also, he took the cup. When he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye, as oft as ye drink it, would you say the last words of the Lord, ready? In remembrance of me. The first thing, the first aspect of properly receiving the Lord's Supper tonight is to remember Christ. It's to remember. We begin this evening by remembering. And of course, we remember who Jesus is. We remember that though we are 2,000 years removed from the human life of Christ, that Jesus did walk on this earth. That history tells us that he walked on this earth. That the Bible tells us that he walked on this earth. That the world has not been the same since because the very Son of God, God himself, took on human flesh and walked among us. Jesus. He says, when you do this, remember me. Remember Christ. Remember who he was. Remember the miracles that he did. Remember the words that he spoke. Remember the wisdom that he shared. But most importantly, remember the perfect life that he gave. That on the cross, as we are in a few minutes going to take a cracker that's broken, we remember that the body of Jesus Christ was broken for us. That he was beaten with whips and hair was pulled from his face. He was punched and bruised and spat upon. Remember his body. Remember that his body was broken for you and for me. So we come to remember his body, but we also remember his blood. That if you were there on crucifixion day, that you couldn't escape the sight of blood. As it flowed, as he, as he walked up the lonely road to the cross, his footsteps left stains of blood. Well, we could back it up even further. In the garden, he sweat with drops of blood. As he went to the cross, he, the blood soaked the robe they put on him. The blood stained the steps, as we mentioned. The, the blood flowed from his hands and his feet as he was nailed. The blood flowed from his side when the spear went in it. 
Why? Because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Jesus came as the Lamb of God. He was all of the sacrifices that Hebrew believers had performed throughout all those years to atone for their sins. Jesus fulfilled that sacrifice. He was, he was the payment that satisfied the wrath of God for you and for me. Remember Jesus, but remember who you were. Remember who you are. That were it not for Jesus and his grace, I would be lost. Because I'm a sinner. The very man that God used to write these words, Paul, he said that he, know, he knew that in him, that is in his flesh, Paul said, in his body dwelleth no good thing, he said. Paul was a very religious man, but he understood that without Jesus, he was lost. He was a sinner. In fact, he referred to himself as the chief of sinners. As we think about, as we remember tonight, we remember Jesus, but we remember who we were without him. Remember. Remember the day that you came to faith in Jesus. Has there been a day in your life that you've come to faith in Jesus? Whether you're a boy or girl or teenager or an adult in this room, do you, has there, do you remember, has there been a time in your life where you put all of your faith and all of your trust in Jesus Christ to be your Savior? You say, well, I was baptized, I was confirmed, I did some religious things. No, have you personally received Jesus by faith? It's called being saved. It's true Christianity. Tonight, we remember in this communion, it really bears no significance to someone who doesn't have a relationship with Jesus. There are some churches that will, there are, there are expressions of the faith that will say, well, if you take this communion, it might transmit some kind of faith to you. But it doesn't work that way. The bread and the cup only have significance to those of us who are already in Christ. If you're not in Christ, you're better off not to take this tonight. Because this is for us to remember what Jesus has done for us. Remember. Verse number 26 now. I'm sorry, for verse, yeah, verse 26. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. The second point tonight is we don't just remember, but we rejoice. We rejoice because what does this verse remind us? What is yet to come or who is yet to come? Jesus is yet to come. Jesus is returning. The Bible says that we don't know when, and uh, this has been the hope of the saints throughout all the ages. Christians for thousands of years have waited with anticipation for the return of the Lord. And some have mocked and said, oh, you've been saying that for a long time. Well, they mocked at the very beginning. And, and Peter would say, well, don't worry, it hasn't been long because one day is with the Lord as a thousand years. Jesus is returning, and as we take this tonight, we remember that he said, Jesus said in the book of Matthew, he said, I will not, Jesus said, I won't drink of this again 
until I drink with you in my Father's kingdom. So there's a day coming, friends, where we will have the Lord's Supper with Jesus. That's amazing. That there is an eternity where we will do this with him. So we rejoice. We remember and we rejoice. But thirdly and finally, and this is, this is where we come to application for us tonight. We remember, we rejoice, but we must reflect. We must reflect. And we must reflect on our own spiritual condition this evening. We must examine our hearts. So, verse 27. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord, how? What's the word? Unworthily. Unworthily. Shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. We're reminded that a time of serious, important reflection is required. Now, are any of us worthy? In in one sense, are any of us worthy of what Christ has done for us? Of course not. There's nothing worthy about us. So the idea here isn't, this idea of unworthily isn't that we can make ourselves, okay, Jesus, I'm now worthy. The The point of it, the application for us is this. Are we flippant and callous about it? Is there known sin and disobedience in our lives? Wrong attitudes, and, and none of us are perfect, we know that. But are we, living in a, in a, are we living under a condition where right now, if you examine your heart, is there something there that you know doesn't please the Lord? Because if there is, this is an opportunity to make it right with him. Yes, if we're believers, we're forgiven. We'll never have to pay for those sins. Jesus paid for them. But he also says, don't make a mockery of what we're about to do. He says, don't disgrace the cup of the Lord. And if you're harboring sin in your life, this is the time to get alone with God and to repent. And then drink and eat in a new, renewed state of joy and holiness before the Lord. So, verse 28. But let a man, what's it say? Examine himself. And so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. Examine yourself. Examine yourself. I'd ask you to do two things tonight. Well, depending on who you are. Well, each of us. Two areas of examination. The first area is this. Examine your heart. Are you a true believer in Christ? Has there been a time you can say, Ethan, I know for sure that I have placed my faith in Jesus alone. I'm confident. Examine that. Are you in Christ? Or are you trusting in something else? Are you trusting in religion or your own goodness or doing the best that you can. None of those things can save you. The first area of examination is, do I truly know Christ as my Savior? And if you can examine your heart and say, yes, I do, then proceed. But if not, there's good news. You can receive Christ in that moment. In that very moment, you can say, Jesus, I'm not sure that I've ever received you, but tonight, 
by faith, I place all of my faith and trust in you. I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died for me and I believe you rose again. It's that simple. It's an act of faith. If you've not received Jesus, receive him tonight. And when you know that you know Christ, now it's time, Christian, for you and I to examine our behaviors, our attitudes. Is there someone that we've mistreated or been wrong to? Is there, is there other thoughts that have not brought pleasure to the Lord? Examine yourself. And before you receive this communion tonight, ask God to do his cleansing work in your heart. So right now, we're just going to have a very quiet time. No music, nothing like that. Just a quiet time of that reflection, of examining our hearts. And I'll let it go for a couple of minutes, and then I'll come up and pray. But really, search your heart. Let's have a still moment with the Lord tonight. Lord, none of us are worthy in and of ourselves, and we're so thankful for the blood that you shed for us. So, Lord, we've taken time tonight to confess our faults and our sins to you. We thank you that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I pray that each of us would now partake of this supper, Lord, with pure hearts and devotion to you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. At this time, we will prepare to receive. We'll pass the bread first. As I mentioned at the uh, beginning of the message tonight, the Lord's Supper is really a time for a local church to come together. And so as a church, we encourage those that are born again and those who have followed the Lord in baptism and thus united with us here, we, we encourage those to be the ones who partake of the Lord's Supper. And, we'll, and parents, if you, please use your discretion if your children are uh, spiritually at the point where they're able to partake or not. Um, and so some may partake tonight, some may not, and that's perfectly fine either way. This is a time for us to, to spend with the Lord. So let's, um, my dad and I will come and we'll pass out the, the bread first. The Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. I'm going to ask Dad if you would ask the blessing on the bread tonight. Pray together. Heavenly Father, as we come before you this evening, again, we're so thankful for the salvation that we have through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're thankful that one day Jesus became a man, took upon himself the form of human flesh, and for 33 years lived a perfect sinless life so that he could go to the cross and pay for our sin. We're thankful for that. And as we partake tonight in the bread, we think of the body of Christ, and we think of all that he went through, the life that he lived, the death that he experienced, the glorious resurrection of our Savior. Yeah. 
Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In remembrance of him. I'll read, this, I'll read the scripture in a moment, but before that, uh, I'm going to ask if, Jim Thompson, would you ask the blessing on the cup tonight? Dear Father, we have as you come before you tonight. We observe the Lord's Supper. We just pray that uh, you would help us correct any imperfections and sin that may be in our lives, Lord. And, uh, and we just pray that uh, we thank the Lord we can have the Lord. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me, in remembrance of him. The Gospel of Matthew account records that when they had sung a hymn, they departed to the Mount of Olives. So we always conclude with a hymn. And young Maddie had selected our closing hymn, apparently. What, what is it, buddy? Is that 417? Oh, oh yeah, 69. 69, oh, how I love Jesus, because he first loved me. What a great hymn to end with. Number 69, take a hymn book. Please stand together as we sing number 69, oh, how I love Jesus. Our Father in heaven, we thank you so much. Uh, for the service that we had tonight, thank you that we were able to gather to sing your praises, to lift your name high tonight. Father, we thank you that we were able to come together as a church to uh, observe communion, Lord, to remember your body being broken for us and your blood being spilled out. Father, we pray that as we leave here tonight, we would uh, go this week just remembering the sacrifice that you made for us, that, Lord, we would live lives that honor and glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. We are so glad that you've taken the time to join us today. If you've been blessed by the message, or if you have placed your faith in Jesus today, we want to hear from you. Maybe you still have questions about what it means to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Please let us know, and we would love to answer those questions from the Bible. We would also be happy to provide you with the Bible and other free Christian resources to help you grow in your faith. You can email us at info at mountgraylockbaptist.com or send us a message on Facebook. You could also call us at 413-662-2107. We would love to hear from you, and our desire is to be a blessing to you in any way that we can. God bless.